Hey everybody, Chris Avery with you on a week two edition of Chargers Weekly. A bit later, the voice of the Chargers, Matt Money-Smith, joins me to preview the team's first road trip of the season. We'll also get this week's opposing view from Bills beat reporter Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic. But first, former Bills and Jets head coach Rex Ryan previews Sunday's matchup as only Rex can. All right, it's my great pleasure to welcome on Rex Ryan to Chargers Weekly. Rex, really excited you could join us for a few minutes. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, thank you. Rex, I couldn't think of a better person to have on this week. You and Coach Lynn spent eight years together, six with the Jets, two with the Bills, and we'll start with Buffalo. That's the destination this weekend for the Chargers. How difficult is it to play up there for the opposing team, Rex? Well, I think it's pretty difficult, but, um, you know, the, the, the big deal is, uh, you know, this time of year, uh, you know, those fans will go crazy. They'll pack them in. They'll do all that kind of stuff. So you're definitely going to face, you know, a, uh, a fired-up crowd. But let's face it, the, um, you know, the weather could be a zillion times worse than it's going to be. So I, I think this is a good time to play them. Obviously, uh, you know, the, the way they played this past week, they, that, that's about as bad as you can play a game. Uh, them in Detroit look awful. So um, we'll see what happens. I, I would expect them, you know, I'm sure the rookie will be starting as the quarterback. He should be. Um, but either way, it doesn't matter who they play. The Chargers need to get a win. And um, I think they're going to show up ready to take uh, – to take the W regardless of who's out there playing. Rex, you've coached in a lot of these homecoming-type games, whether it was going back to New York or going back to Baltimore back in the day. What's it like to coach at a place that was once home? You have so many fond memories, and you see all these familiar faces when you're coming back for a week. Yeah, you know, sometimes that's a, uh, that's a big deal. Uh, you know, the fact that Anthony and I were just there for two years, <laughs> you know, so yeah, uh, it, it really never felt like home. I, I think with the Jets, when we came back after spending six years, it really did. Um, you know, I think the big factor is the fact that this team stepped over Anthony and hired somebody else after there was a lot of speculations that he would be the next head coach for the Bills. I think that's going to be, you know, that's something that's going to stay with Anthony. He's going to downplay it all week, I promise you. And uh, and the fact he played him, you know, last year and destroyed him last year, uh, you know, you move on. The next year, is a, it's it's a totally different team and, and all that other stuff's behind you. But at the same time, I say it's all behind you. There's still a little chip on your shoulder that, uh, that you know, hey, you want to you you want to get out there and, and uh, put your best out there and and let them know they made a mistake. Well, I think it, it, it's worked out just fine for Coach Lynn. You called the, the season opener last year in Denver, Rex. After seeing how this team closed, right, winning 9 of 12, how impressed were you with the job that he did, knowing that starting 0-4 as a first-year head coach, it's really not an easy thing to navigate? No, I, I think if, if they would have made the playoffs, I think he would have been the coach of the year. Uh, I, I, and I think it would have been a slam dunk. Uh, anybody that's coached knows how difficult that is. I mean, you start off, uh, you know, going 0-4. Oh and, oh and it, it's, it's, you know, uh, people can, can uh, you know, write off a season. They did just the opposite. And that's the kind of guy Anthony is. There's no quit ever in that guy. He's tough. He's demanding. He's fair. And I think that's what you see. And and that's just like this, this week. You know, I, I picked the Chargers to go to the Super Bowl this year 
and I also picked uh, Kansas City to beat them last week. It's exactly what happened. I hope I'm right on both those, those, those accounts. I think this team will improve. I really think they need to get Joey Bosa back. Um, but, you know, with that being said, the job that Anthony, I have, uh, and the coaches hired, I mean, he's put together a heck of a coaching staff. So, to me, when you have, um, you know, obviously uh, the, the the staff and everybody else around him, and these guys, you know, have been there, done it. Ken Wisenhunt, you know, Gus Bradley, two former head coaches, and and uh, and really, I thought good head coaches in their own right. So, it, it's an all-star staff. But Anthony, the you know, don't get me wrong, Anthony's still the leader. And I think it's uh, it's a great mix and a great combination. And I think moving forward, this team's going to have a lot of success. Coach, if I had to pin you down for that one single quality that, that Anthony possesses that you admire most, what would that be? Golly, there's so many things you... That, it's hard to pick I, one, know, I know. It is. There's no question it is, but um, it, it really is tough. But I, I think when you when you look at it, I think it's the uh, his consistency. Yeah, he's the same. He's the same dude all the time, and like he's competitive as hell. You know, he doesn't have the outward competitiveness of a Philip Rivers, yet internally he's as competitive a guy as you'll ever see. Rex, we know Coach Lynn's hallmark is that running game, and on Sunday against the Chiefs, Chargers average. 5.6 yards per pop on the ground. Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler had 292 total yards. And, of course, you can't do anything without that offensive line doing their thing as well. But what caught your eye with those Chargers running backs on Sunday against the Chiefs? Well, I like what, what Wiz did. I, I think they were being, uh, you know, the uh, the style of runs they were doing. He got uh, uh, number 30, I don't know his name. They got him, uh, you know, on the perimeter with some jet sweeps and different things like that. Very creative. And I think when you combine, you know, Wisenhunt and Anthony Lynn's expertise, that's what you expect out of this group. But, um, you know, so I was fired up about seeing it. This team's heading in the right direction. you got to get the, uh, uh, you know, we got to get Bosa back, hopefully, and, and uh, you know, because four starters were out, were out of that defense. Yeah. You know, I don't think people realize that. So when, when, you know, when you got, uh, you know, Corey will be back after three weeks after the suspension, then, you know, you lose Verrett, you lose Watkins. But the the thing is, you know, as long as you got Bosa and Ingram together, they're going to be just fine and raising hell in that defense. So uh, I think it's critical that he comes back and, and healthy. Um you know, but we'll see. And, and and if not, then they'll move on. But uh, I love those two guys together, Ingram and Bosa, and, and hopefully that dynamic duo will get, the, uh, get uh, you know, on that field real soon again. No doubt. Rex, what was it like to coach against Phillip Rivers? Uh, I, I think you faced him four times during your tenure with the Jets, including a playoff game. I think you guys split it. I think it was 2-2, two, two, but uh, it's got to be something to compete against a guy like that. Oh, he's tough, man. <laughs> he, he is. He is. That's the thing you think of. Um, you know, he, he he kicked my butt all over the place last time we played. But you know, the thing is, he's smart. He's uh, you know he's competitive as hell, uh, and and those are the things that jump out at you. And he's got a great arm, um, you know. But 
at the end of the day, we definitely had some battles against them. Uh, but you had to be multiple against Philip and, and, uh, you know, and try to be creative. I thought, I think if you're just going to go out there and, and throw out the same defense over and over, this guy's going to kill you. The other thing he does though, is he is so great at recognition, you know, recognizing the blitz and, and things. And if you give it away and you're not, you're, you're coming back to old blitzes. I remember we did that against him. I, I, I kept some, uh, middle pressure against him. He saw it and just ate me alive. So (laughs) I think, uh, and you know, He's great at, at understanding his players, too, his teammates, like Keenan Allen. He knows Keenan's going to get separation. I mean, a great route runner, all those type of things. I think we're going to see this young kid, Mike Williams, step up in a big way, and uh, I think sooner than later. Um, so that's the thing. You know, Gates, he's always had that. You know, he knows his teammates. He knows where to put the football. And I think now, you know, having that Mike Williams around for the second year, He's going to be familiar with them, too, and and that's going to be a great thing to watch. Rex, you mentioned Joey Bosa. They need to get him back sooner than later, no doubt. Um, but when we flip over the defense, I wanted to ask you this, because you know what elite safety play looks like, having coached Ed Reed right from the jump in Baltimore. Uh, what are your early impressions of Chargers rookie safety Derwin James and what he may be able to become in this league? He, he had a very impressive preseason and, and a good start against Kansas City. Yeah, Derwin James is a stud now. He's a stud. I, I did a, uh, uh, you know, obviously with, with with my son playing at Clemson, very aware of, of Derwin James. And um, even when Jalen Ramsey was there, Derwin James was the best player on the field. So that's the kind of player he is. He's impactful. He's all over the place. He's not Ed Reed, but he's more of these, um, you know, an intimidator uh, type hitter. Uh, the, the kid that the Jets drafted, Adams and him are very similar. Yeah. Uh, but he's just a phenomenal player. You can put him all over the place, put him in the box in run support, uh, blitz the quarterback with him. He's a pass rusher, a blitzer, a tackler, uh, and, and, and instinctive. So this, they got themselves one heck of a player. And when he was still on the board, I knew it was going to take two seconds to turn the card in. <laughs> no uh, doubt. Because he is, a, he is a legit guy in the Chargers. They recognize players. They do a great job in the draft. And with Derwin James sitting right there, he just fell in, in, in the Chargers' lap, and, and it was a no-brainer pick for me. I think it's hard to believe. And, you know, it's actually interesting because the Bills selected Tremaine Edmonds the pick before Derwin, and it was just – That kid's a hell of a player, too. And he, he is a heck of a player. So, you know, it, it's like yep. you have two players like that, blue chippers there in the middle of the first round. It, it'll be fun to see those guys go at it on Sunday. And you mentioned Buffalo had a tough opener, Rex, 47-3 in Baltimore. Uh, they're going to be fired up. It's the it's the home opener for them. What's going to be the key for the Chargers to get out there, get their first win of the season? Well, it doesn't matter if they're fired up. You know, you got to go out there. you got a job to do, and that's to go kick their butts. And there's no reason you shouldn't. Uh, the Chargers need to go in there and do their thing and dominate that group just like they did the last last time they played them. So uh, you don't have as good a quarterback as they had last year um, with Tyrod Taylor. But, oh, that's right, they played Peterman. <laughs> so I guess, you know, uh, it, it might be a better quarterback. But at the same time, you, you know, it's the Chargers can't worry about them. It's not about Buffalo. It's about them and line up regardless of who's in front of you, win your one-on-one battles, 
and take care of business and then fly back across country with a, with a victory. And that's the only thing that's acceptable. Uh, you can't afford to lose to this team. You know, remember though, that team did make the playoffs last year, nope. you know, by the grace of God, we all understand that, but, uh, you're a better football team than they are across the board and you need to line up and play that way this week. Finally, Rex, listen, we're in Southern California. We don't get to Buffalo very often. Can you give me a restaurant recommendation, something something on Saturday, good spot to go to? Yeah, there's a little Mexican place that Anthony knows about probably, but uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, now, I don't know. Good, good luck with it. They have uh, – uh, there's a couple places, you know, but it's more about, you know, it's beer out there. It's kind of old school. Uh, the thing they're famous for, obviously, is the buffalo, uh, buffalo wings and things. But uh, all over, you guys are used to a lot better cuisine, I think. Rex, we love watching you on Sunday NFL Countdown on ESPN. Great stuff today. Can't thank you enough for your time, and look forward to catching up with you again down the line. All right. I'm, I'm fired up about that team, and like I say, that's my pick. So we need to get a victory this week. Well, you had, you had Rams, Chargers in your Super Bowl, right? Yes, I do. All right, so week yep. three—that's that's the that could be a potential preview if you're correct. We got we got the Rams at the Coliseum week three, so hopefully that'll be the Super Bowl preview. <laughs> yep, and if Bose is healthy, watch what happens. <laughs> Rex, you're the best. Thanks so much, man. All right, take care. All right, before we get to Matt Money Smith, a quick break to let you know that this season we've taken Chargers Weekly to the next level. That's because I'm using Bose Quiet Comfort 35 headphones two on air now. Their powerful noise-canceling technology helps us black out distractions here at Chargers Weekly and brings you all the latest news on the LA Chargers. And when I'm not recording, these are my go-to headphones. They help me black out noise. I'm going to use them on the team playing to Buffalo so I can concentrate on my game prep and, of course, get you ready for the next episode of Chargers Weekly. Visit Bose.com Chargers to learn more about the most powerful Bose headphones yet. Bose, the official headphones of the NFL. All right, welcome back to Chargers Weekly. Here with the voice of the Chargers, Matt Money-Smith, as we turn the page to week two, going to Buffalo Money. And you've been to Buffalo, been a while though. It's been a while. Uh, Back in my earlier uh, career, my previous career, I should say, I was in the record business. So there was a, uh, still is a station there actually, the Edge in Buffalo. And I'll always remember it because Rich was the guy that ran it. And he was a pain in the butt. It was, I had good records. I had hit records. And for whatever reason, man, I just had a tough time getting him played there. So he was one of the last guys to play. My Papa Roach record, which was a number one record. My Jimmy World record, which was a number one record. Is Rich record. still there? Do we need Rich to... is not. Okay. I actually checked to see who the program director was, and it was a name that I did not recognize. So pay old Rich a visit there. Exactly. We there Say, hey, remember, now you know why you didn't get any platinum records <laughs> with your name on it, Rich. But uh, it's a fine. I got no problem with Buffalo. People like to dump on it because it's not New York or Los Angeles or Chicago. Buffalo's a fine city, and man, do they love their football team. They, they're Bill's Mafia. Yes. They're already they're ready for their home opener. But let's rewind. Week one, Chiefs. What was the story from your cheetah. vantage point with yeah, Cheetah? <laughs> the, the Cheetah. He was the story. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, I don't want to say they sold out to stop the run, but clearly after, and why wouldn't you, after 327 yards against your team last year, I mean, it was the Kareem Hunt show um, that led to those two losses. And so understandable, especially what's the narrative on this defense? Well, they couldn't stop the run. You think about the eight minute drill the Eagles ran to end that game. And I'm certain that Gus was focused on that and it worked. Only problem is, you know, Tyreek Hill doesn't need much. 
That's that's the difference. Is and it happened early. That yeah. So you know the punt. You know, and and obviously we know that Drew Kayser's got one of the biggest legs in the league. Um, but coverage was an issue last year, and it was you know, pretty disconcerting to see that start the season again. And, you know, we all love Coach Stewart, and we know because he kind of got it fixed there at the end of the year, toward the end of the year. So you'd love to see that obviously sorted out. Special teams are a big deal in this league, Um, and you typically see some of the best special team units making their runs, you know, through the playoffs. So I've got to believe making a run through the playoffs. So i got to believe that's something they'll tighten up. And, And again, I just don't think they were... And I don't think any team's ever prepared for the speed that Tyreek Hill has. You know, once he separates, it's over. No one's catching him. And, you know, Andy Reid, there's a reason why he's got the record he has coming off a bye. Well, now you give him an entire offseason. Look what he did to the Patriots last year and he's hung 55 on guy. them. So, yeah. you know, there there were a few things working against him. And, and on top of all that, Phillip could have thrown for 500 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, and he had two touchdowns dropped. So if you're Travis Benjamin... Or, or Tyrell Williams, you just cannot drop those balls. Um, you know, ball hits you in the hand, especially the one to Tyrell. I mean, just broken coverage. It's touchdown. Through the bread basket. Can't, can't have that happen. Coach Lynn said that's, that was uncharacteristic. It he was. Didn't expect that to happen again, and hopefully it doesn't come week two. Going back to Tyreek Hill, he had three touches in that first quarter. 178 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns. He had a 30-yard reception to end that first quarter. And I just saw Patrick Mahomes. Listen, I'll give it to him. He played well. He got... Offensive player of the week. How is Tyreek Hill not the offensive right. player of the week? It's uh, and, and it's because those shovel passes count as passes. When I mean all, all basically all Pat Mahomes is doing. And look, you credit the coaching staff for putting this together. He's a second-year quarterback who's essentially a rookie for all intents and purposes. And all he's got to do is take the snap. The timing's perfect where it looks like Kareem Hunt's getting the handoff. Yet that ball just that barely passes man. in front of him yeah. as Tyreek Hill's passing or DeAnthony Thomas. And those are two of his four touchdown passes. Now the toss to. Anthony Sherman was beautiful. I mean, it was perfectly placed on a sideline and a clever play called to get the fullback on that wheel route. So I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not a Pat Mahomes detractor. I just think he has got a great team around him of coaches and players that if he's going to have, you know, a successful season, all of that's going to have to fall into place. Yeah, Tyreek Hill, I think that one touchdown traveled like 11 yards in the air. He took it to the house. Yeah. Uh, one of the things defensively, just it was uncharacteristic of the Chargers, and I realized Joey Bosa was not out there, but that front seven was shut out in the sack department. Derwin James had the lone sack. And then the turnovers. You know, We're used to seeing this team turn the ball over, and you're going to have to do that, especially if you go down early to a Chiefs team. I expect that to change in Week 2. Based on what we saw last year, I know this, the quarterback is different, but Jonathan, or what's his name? Josh Allen. There you go. Jonathan Allen. I got the, I got the yeah, Alabama defensive Alabama tackle on my mind. Out there in the district. But, but Josh Allen uh, didn't have a lot of time in the preseason to throw the football. Should be interesting come week two. Yeah, I think just kind of going back to the turnovers, um, you know, they didn't really have many opportunities, you know, and, and you create opportunities with pass rush. And there was a little bit of it, but not enough. And that's because, you, you know, you're missing one half of the most dominant pass rush in the league. They shifted all their protections and attention to Melvin Ingram and essentially shut him out. And that's where Isaac Rochelle or Chris Landrum have to come up. And again, you know, maybe they'll have an opportunity to do that this week if they're pressed into that duty again. But it is a completely different unit because you're not as at, you know you're not as likely to get there with four you know which is what they did pretty much all last season allowing yeah. more players to be in coverage and more turnover opportunities to come because a there's pressure and b there's more people back there so at the same time you know there weren't a lot of 
deep routes. I mean, the, the the routes that, I should say, the routes that Pat Mahomes was throwing where you might have an opportunity on that, I think I maybe saw two or three where you could have said, okay, you can make a play there. You know, I'm thinking of the one where Tyreek Hill managed to adjust and leap 90 feet in the air where Kaiser just wasn't quite turned around yet and knew yeah. where that ball was. So um, I would suspect, based on the offensive line the Bills have, the inexperience at the position that Josh Allen has, uh, and the level of pass catchers compared to what the Chiefs had, Yes, I, I'd be very surprised if that team was shut out, if the Chargers were shut out again. What did you think of Derwin's debut? That because was great. He was great. And, and I, I point to that one pass that Mahomes threw. I think it was to the, Anthony in, Thomas. Yeah, in the end zone. Just the ability to recover to make that pass defense. Yeah, I mean, to. And, and when, you know, when you say recover for people that kind of don't know the, the football vernacular, the idea that, you know, not that Derwin was beat, but. DeAnthony probably had a step and a half on him. So now your back's to the ball. You recognize that the player in front of you that you're defending is turning around and is tracking. And you have to, at one, you know, in, in the span of about three quarters of a second to a second and a quarter, put your foot in the ground, explode enough to try to close that gap on one of the faster players in the league, and then get your head spun around to track the ball to knock it out of the air. And Derwin did all of that like he was a 10-year vet. I always feel like there's a little bit of anxiety for for teams that lose in week one because that's all you got on tape for the 2018 season thus far. I think now moving on, you got Buffalo, get to prepare a game plan. What do you see out of this Buffalo Bills team from what we saw in Baltimore? Well, I'll tell you, I see uh, a team that's it's pretty upset, a team that is, you know, that that old uh, wounded animal cliche, because, you know, there's for the most part, the national media is characterizing them as a team that's not fit to play in the NFL uh, personnel wise, um, quarterback position wise, that this could end up being a team that goes zero and 16, uh, that they should be embarrassed for tearing down a nine and seven playoff squad that had Jacksonville against the ropes in the first round. Um, they're taking a ton of incoming and essentially this game game is being written off and I'm not you know you know that Anthony coach coach Lynn and, and the staff are not going to allow the Chargers to, to fall into that trap but that's all that's being said so my concern isn't necessarily about the players on the field that the Bills have um, and they still have some quality players you know love Lorenzo Alexander the leader that he is in the linebacking position he's been the captain of that defense for a little bit here Kyle Williams of course um, Tredavious White Tredavious White uh, who had a solid season last year I think he had four picks uh, last year or Tremaine Edmonds who had a heck of a debut as a rookie just kind of filled up the stat sheet when you looked at it I mean a sack tackles for loss pass breakups fum- force fumble you know and that was reportedly one of the players the Chargers were eyeing that happened to slip in the draft. Well, that's a, a cool story because yeah. he was the pick before Derwin. Exactly. And it was you were looking at those two guys for the Chargers, knowing right you were going to get one of them feeling one good. Of them. Yeah. And um, so yeah, you're going to see a really talented rookie out there as well. But I think that's probably my biggest concern is just the level of, or I shouldn't say level, the lack of respect being played, being paid to the Bills as an NFL caliber football team, and you hate to be the team that's going in the week that that's getting thrown around there because, you, again, it's twofold. You worry about it affecting your guys and their level, and you worry about it, you know, just kind of, again, a team that plays perhaps over their level of ability. I think there's disappointment in the locker room after the game, but there was not discouragement. I, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised by these guys realizing that they did a lot of good things, especially offensively. I mean, when you talk about 292 total yards from your running backs, the performance Phillip had, you talked about the drops, what could have been. I, I talked to Sean Merriman 
2005, his teammates were Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers. Those guys were one and two in 2018 after week one. You had to like what you saw from the offense. No question. I mean, the offense was great, and which is why coming off a season where you had the number three scoring defense, the number one passing defense, uh, it was just out of character. And again, they got cheated. Not cheated, cheated. cheated. They just had no answer for that one guy. And that one guy, much like a dominant pass rusher, you know, be it Melvin Ingram or Joey Bosa or take your pick, J.J. Watt, you know, what we saw from Miles Garrett last week, a dominant pass rusher can wreck your offense. You know, Tyreek Hill can wreck your defense. Steph Curry level, you know, just wreck it. You, there's, you have no answer. Every time he's out there, you freak out a little bit. Have you seen a player like him before that can also beat you offensively because I mean we talk about Devin Hester Hester was okay he was a a punt returner yeah but he's a punt returner I don't know if there's a guy that can do both and can do it and really strike fear into defensive coordinators and special team coordinators yeah I mean I guess boy Randy Moss comes to mind you know where he was so big so fast so strong that you knew if Dante Culpepper had time to pass you were toast, you know, that Randy was going to beat your guy. If you double covered him, he was going to outleap your safety and there was nothing you can do. And it was going to be a 50 yard completion. So I guess that's probably the, the most recent that I would go back to is just kind of remembering peak Moss with the strong arm Culpepper and just what a joke, or Randall Cunningham even, what a joke it was for defenses because yeah. they knew it was coming and they could not stop it. And that's the feeling that you got for the Chargers with Tyreek Hill. special teams too, though. I mean, because right. Randy didn't play special right. teams. So you have a guy, two-thirds of the phases of the game, he can affect. I mean, we saw it firsthand in the first quarter, but yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, with the, with, with the special teams included, no. I mean, we, we haven't seen a, the ability of or, or a punt returner uh, impact the game as much as Tyreek Hill. And a lot of that goes to Andy Reid and what he's able to draw up for him. Finally, Muddy, what's going to be the key to getting this win in Buffalo? We saw the Bills surrender six sacks. I think it was a combination of Peterman and Allen. Um, Peterman had a terrible day. He had a zero quarterback rating. I think Josh Allen had a 56 quarterback rating. Allen actually had the longest rush of the day, 14 yards. Shady McCoy was a non-factor. What do these guys got to do? I do want to, by the way, because this is one of my favorite little nuggets that came up as I was putting my my prep together. You mentioned he had a 0.0 quarterback rating in that game. To, to put in perspective how bad a game Nathan Peterman had against the Ravens, when he played the Chargers – he had a quarterback rating of 27 and threw five interceptions. His rating was 27. So in the game against the Ravens, it was 0.0, and he did not throw five interceptions and a half like he did against the Chargers. Oh, my God. What, what do they have to do? They just have to play to their ability. That's it. If they play to their ability, the Bills play to their ability, I do think the Chargers ought to be able to get out of here with a, a victory. Um, not going to say it's easy. It's never easy. They're still NFL players. They're still fast. They're still strong. They're still capable. Anything can happen. Uh, just ask the Chargers from two seasons ago when they were the only loss on the Browns' ledger. So uh, they know it well. And and I think there's enough players on this team that were on that Charger team and were humiliated by being that particular statistic yeah. in the 2016 season. So for whatever the, the conversation is surrounding the Bills and their lot in the NFL life in 2018, I'm sure the Chargers will be fine. So, I mean, I guess specifically X's and O's, run the ball like they did against the Chiefs. I think that is is because that's what opened up Phillip to have a nearly 500-yard passing day was that Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler were so effective 
a running the ball, and I even count those, you know, passes to the flat yeah. as extended runs. Extended runs. Extended runs. So I think you keep doing that, and this team's going to be darn hard to beat because it's going to come open for Keenan in the middle. The play actions are going to work, and we know Phillip can deliver on all of those. You get that win, then you come back here three straight in L.A. I know the Rams one is a quote-unquote road game, but you got three straight in L.A. before we got that marathon road trip. So it's important getting the win column. Money, look forward yeah. to Buffalo, bro. You and me both. We'll find Rich, too. By we the way. will. We're going down, Rich. <laughs> we'll get to the Athletics' Matthew Fairburn in just a second, but I want to tell you that the Los Angeles Chargers rely on Bose QC35 headphones, too, to block out distractions and focus on what matters most. The same powerful noise-canceling technology helps you concentrate on your music, your work, maybe this podcast, or whatever you're passionate about. Learn more at Bose.com Chargers. Bose, the official headphones of the Los Angeles Chargers. Very pleased to be joined by Matthew Fairburn, the Buffalo Bills beat writer for the Athletic Buffalo. And Matthew, I appreciate you joining me, man. We are taping this the same day that the Bills have announced that Josh Allen is now the starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. Um, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing very well. So tell me about the announcement today. We'll get to the game uh, the Bills and Ravens game from from last Sunday, and and look ahead to obviously this Sunday. But uh, tell me what today was like in Sean McDermott announcing a new starting quarterback. Yeah, you know, I think the Bills kind of painted themselves into a little bit of a corner on this one. You know, anytime you have a young quarterback that you draft in the top ten, the question then becomes, you know, when do you get him onto the field? When do you hand the keys over to him? And I think the initial plan was to be a bit more patient than their being here, but anybody who caught even a glimpse of the Bills' week one game against the Ravens saw that Nathan Peterman just doesn't belong on the field. And so they didn't have another veteran to turn to. They don't have somebody for Josh Allen to sit behind that he can learn from. All they have is a guy who's been pulled from, you know, the two starts that, that he was healthy for. So uh, you know, and, and Chargers fans know well uh, what can happen when Nathan Peterman's in the game. So the Bills didn't have a whole lot of choice here. And Sean McDermott made the the decision and the announcement today. And he said he didn't feel the need to elaborate on it much more, which may just be a case of not wanting to rehash what happened in Baltimore. But, you know, you mentioned it when you when you start a quarterback like Josh Allen, a rookie quarterback, that's it, not just for week two, but for the foreseeable future, so long as he stays healthy. So it's a tough spot for him to be in. The offensive line here in Buffalo is not good. Their receivers are not great. And so he now has to learn on the fly without a lot of talent around him and against a, a pretty decent Chargers defense. So it'll be an interesting first test for him. Matthew, if you could, can you elaborate or educate us, I guess, on just the quarterback situation there during preseason and training camp, because obviously A.J. McCarron was there, and he would seem to be the logical candidate if Josh Allen wasn't ready to start the season. I'm just curious, what did you see from Nathan Peterman? What did you see from all three of these quarterbacks that gets us to where we are today? Yeah, I mean, Nathan Peterman did win the job in the sense of he went out and had the best performance in the preseason games, but only one of those performances came while he was with the first-team offense against the first-team defense. Everybody kind of got split up reps. Each quarterback got a start. 
and Peterman performed the best. He was decent in practice. He wasn't a disaster by any means, but we've seen before that when he gets into the games, things can turn south. I think the Bills probably mismanaged this situation going back even before the preseason to go into training camp with Nathan Peterman, who had only two starts to his name and was a fifth-round pick the year before, and then A.J. McCarron, who was a late-round pick himself and hadn't started a whole lot of games, didn't have a lot of football under his belt, and McCarron wasn't able to beat out either Allen or Peterman, which is why they felt okay getting rid of him. He was the number three on the depth chart, which is why they traded him to the Raiders for a fifth-round pick, but you could definitely argue that the Bills should have had a more experienced number two or, you know, stopgap quarterback for Josh Allen because Peterman clearly wasn't up to the task. And going back to free agency, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Matt Moore, Josh McCown, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, these are all guys that were available for not too steep of a cost. The Bills spent money elsewhere and decided A.J. McCarron was good enough. Obviously, it kind of blew up in their face because now they're turning to their rookie quarterback a lot sooner than they had hoped, and he doesn't exactly have a veteran in the room to show him the ropes, show him how to prepare, and anything like that. He's going to have to learn on his fly and do a lot of it uh, on his own. LaShawn McCoy is the the obvious security blanket here in the situation, but you mentioned you don't really have a veteran, an established veteran in that quarterback's room the receivers, Kelvin Benjamin, probably the number one receiver on that football team. Uh, what's the game plan for Josh Allen here against the Chargers? It's going to be tough. I mean, the Chargers have a strong pass rush, and the Bills don't have a good offensive line. So that's not a good combination for a rookie quarterback like Josh Allen, who isn't the best under pressure. He, he has a tendency to drop his eyes and want to try to use his feet too much to get out of trouble instead of using his brain and working through his progressions. But I think the game plan has to be early on, you have to get the ball out of his hands quickly, whether that's screen passes to McCoy, quick passes to Charles Clay and Kelvin Benjamin, get him some easy throws to get him into a rhythm and build his confidence up. The big problem the Bills had on Sunday, and it wasn't all Nathan Peterman's fault, they were finding themselves in second and third and long constantly, third and nine plus basically the entire first half and into the second half. And they were doing that because of penalties, because of runs that went the wrong way, because of sacks. You can't have those negative plays because things can snowball on you so quickly. I think Josh Allen obviously has a much stronger arm than Nathan Peterman. He has a stronger arm than most quarterbacks in the NFL. So you want to give him a chance to take shots downfield. But the only way he's going to be able to do that is if you do loosen things up with the running game and the short passing game to not only build his confidence, but to get the defense to respect that part of the game. Because if they're sitting back and and getting ready to tee off on Josh Allen with the pass rush, those deep shots are going to be easy money for for these Chargers defensive backs. So the game plan has to be very specific to what Allen does well and to making him feel comfortable early on because you don't want a rookie quarterback losing confidence early on in a game because you can you, you you know what happens you know things can go downhill so quickly Matthew did you think that Josh Allen was better suited to start week one instead of Nathan Peterman it's a tricky question because 
I don't know that Josh Allen was suited to start week one in this offense with the weapons around him and just with where he is in his development as a quarterback. But when you stack him up against Nathan Peterman, it's hard to argue that he didn't give the team the best chance to win. I thought they were making the right move by being patient with Josh Allen and keeping him on the bench. But Nathan Peterman doesn't have a lot of confidence. Like I mentioned, they would have been a lot better off if they had a more experienced veteran quarterback to handle those duties. So I think it's, it's, I can see both sides of what they did because they were right to be patient with Josh Allen. They just didn't have the right quarterback to hold the job for him. And now they're in a spot where they can't be patient with Josh Allen. They threw him right in because you're going to lose your locker room if you go with Nathan Peterman for a second straight week. So I saw the logic in what they were doing, but it seems like Sean McDermott has a little bit of a blind spot for Nathan Peterman because he keeps putting him in in situations where he's in well over his head, and now you have to question whether that guy's even worthy of being a backup. Defensively, obviously you look at the scores, 47-3, but they couldn't get much going offensively, and there's some talent on that defense when you talk about that good-looking rookie, Tremaine Edmonds from Virginia Tech, Lorenzo Alexander, you have Tredavious White who had a good rookie season from LSU. Can you assess this defense for us as we head into week two? It doesn't seem like they're 47-3 to bad. They're definitely not. 47 to three bad. I think maybe they're not as good as they were last year, but I think they're better than they showed on, on Sunday. They got off to a slow start. They let Joe Flacco march right down the field and get a quick touchdown, but the offense didn't help them out. You know, the offense didn't pick up a first down for the entire first half. And when that happens, you're dealing with two things. You're dealing with short fields and you're dealing with not a lot of rest as a defense on the sideline. And so I think that's why the game got out of hand so quickly. There were big plays on, on special teams and big plays that the Ravens made on defense that made it hard for, you know, the bills to keep them off the the board for too long. And I think that's why the score got out of hand the way it did, but the defense definitely has to play better right now. They don't have a ton in the way of a pass rush. They spent a lot of money on Trent Murphy and Starlo Tulele in the off season. They went out and drafted Harrison Phillips. They drafted Tremaine Edmonds, who you mentioned. So they have some talent in the front seven. They just weren't able to get much of a push against the Ravens. And I think that hurt the secondary, which is, you know, a strength of this team on paper. But there's one glaring weakness, and it's Philip Gaines, the guy who started opposite Tredavious White at the outside cornerback spot. The Ravens got a lot of big plays to his side, and they made some big plays in the passing game. you know, catching Tremaine Edmonds off guard with some play action and things like that. So there were some definite big plays that the Bills allowed and things they need to get shored up. But I think they're better than they showed, uh, you know, against the Ravens. And I would expect a much better effort from them uh, at home against this Chargers team with quite a bit to prove. Matthew, what are the Bills players saying about facing the Chargers? Obviously, a tough L for the Chargers in their home opener. Uh, both teams looking to get in the win column this week. Yeah, I can tell you that the defensive guys have a tremendous amount of respect for Phillip Rivers and what he brings to the table. And I think that's where their focus is, number one. There's not a whole lot of hangover effect from the beatdown they took in L.A. last year. They're not thinking too much about that. But they're focused on Phillip Rivers and, and what he can do. I mean, 
Last year, Phillip Rivers didn't really need to beat the Bills because the defense did most of the work, but they're you know well aware of how he can carve them up if they're not careful. And it's about preparation for this Bills defense because they know when Phillip Rivers gets to the line of scrimmage, he's like an extra offensive coordinator out there because he can change the play and, and figure out what the defense is in and, and really put the offense in advantageous situations. So they're definitely weary of, of this team and, and know that, I mean, look, you can't go to 0-2 in the NFL and make the playoffs all that often. It's, it's very difficult to do. So they're treating this as, as a bit of a must-win game for them, and I, I think that's the right approach. Matthew, we get you out of here on this. Name a couple guys on the Bills that Chargers fans should have eyes on. I mean, Josh Allen is, is the obvious one. I think all eyes are going to be on him on both sides. But are there two guys that we should be checking out on Sunday there in Buffalo? You know, I'll give you a name that probably not a lot of people know, and that's Marcus Murphy. He's LaShawn McCoy's primary backup right now, at least he was during week one, and he definitely provides a spark for this offense. He can catch the ball out of the back. He's got a lot of juice. He can create big plays, but he's also the return man for the Bills, and I think if the Bills are going to win this game, they're going to need big plays on special teams, and he has the ability to create those types of plays. We saw it often when he was in New Orleans. We've seen it in his brief time here in Buffalo, and I think he's a guy that can be a bit of a spark for this team when they need him. Obviously, the Chargers will be focused on LaShawn McCoy and Josh Allen and, and you know the, the key pieces on offense, but I think that's a guy, Marcus Murphy, who can make some plays. On the other side of the ball, you know, I mentioned him uh, at the start, but Harrison Phillips is, is somebody that, that's caught the Bills' eye early. I think he was one of the better defensive linemen they had on the field. And he's a guy that they're probably going to count on to play both three technique and one technique defensive tackle. So he could get a lot of time on the field. He can be disruptive in the running game, but he's also a decent pass rusher and he's starting to show a little bit of juice there. So he could be a guy that could get into the backfield often on, on Sunday if the Chargers aren't careful. He's a great player, and I think he was like a state champion wrestler, which is interesting because Sean McDermott was a state champion wrestler himself, right? Yeah, the, Harrison Phillips was was a beast of a wrestler. You know, a lot of arguments uh, between the two over who, who would win in a wrestling match, but I think <laughs> Harrison Phillips is pretty far out of his weight class at this point, so safe to say he would win, but he brings a lot of that to the football field, and I think it's actually more valuable than maybe people – uh, would expect because of the just the nonstop tenacity that he has, the hand usage, the hip flexibility. You can see it all, and and the motor never stops with that guy because he's got such a an incredible uh, you know capacity for cardio work, and uh, it's pretty cool to see. And he's super smart too. They put a lot on his plate, so why they trust him to make you know multiple you know play multiple positions up front. Well, we're excited to get out to Buffalo. He's Matthew Fairburn of the Athletic Buffalo. Matthew, great stuff, man. Thanks so much for your time, and we look forward to seeing you on Sunday, bud. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Safe travels. All right, that's going to do it. That was a fun episode. A big thanks to Matthew Fairburn, Matt Money-Smith, and Rex Ryan for joining me. And, of course, thanks to you all for listening. You can find Chargers Weekly and our new Backstage Chargers podcast on Apple Podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. Help spread the word. Enjoy Sunday's game of Buffalo, and until next time, I'm Chris Harry.